kindergarten through fifth grade up here. One, two, three-year-olds towards the back. No, three, fours, and fives. Three, fours, and fives. There. Oh, man. See what I missed last week? Oh, wow. I forgot everything. Anyway, three, fours, and fives to the back. All right. Uh, I missed you all last week, uh, and I was really aggravated. I, I will tell you, I was aggravated uh, because of contact and this thing. You know, I, I thought, well, there's some options. What if I just came in and preached out of a bubble? No, that wasn't going to work. Uh, or, or we thought about video and, and put it up or, or maybe even streaming it. And uh, I wanted to be here for this, especially this specific sermon. And, and so uh, uh, we decided, you know, talk to Matthew. Matthew, hey, you're on for, for Sunday. And, and there was some real positive things that came. You know, I had to look at that. And so I had to let the, the positive things uh, overcome my aggravation. Number one, uh, uh, I had someone tell me, just, just rest. You know, just rest. And sometimes, sometimes you have to be told to do that, right? So I rested. And uh, the, that, so that's positive, okay? And, and the second thing that I thought was really positive is Matthew had the opportunity to preach and so I appreciated listening to him preach. And, and all I could say is he needs more opportunity, right? Amen. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he, he does a great job. And he did say, and I had this, this on my mind, my heart. So he was prepared in that way. And then jumped into studying and preparing for the message he preached last week. And I appreciate that so much. Um, along with that, uh, you know, I, we were so ready for, for last Sunday uh, the bulletin even uh, outlined it. You didn't get this last week. We, had, we pulled it all because it had outline and everything was incorrect for that Sunday. So we didn't have bulletins last week. Uh, and I, I wanted to, the, the front of this, I, whether you pay attention to the front of the bulletins, but the front of this really uh, aligned with the message that day. Matter of fact, let me read it for you. It's a passage out of Philippians chapter 3. It says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, it was a great time to be doing that, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And the title for the sermon today, uh, and was supposed to be last week, is What Lies Ahead. Uh, we've, been, we've been talking about how I, I have the opportunity to announce or introduce to you uh, the very uh, the, the work that we've been doing, and, and finally it's all coming up to where we could just kind of declare to you what we're, we're doing I also want to show you that I thought today's worked out well for you as well. This one is actually a prayer. Uh, and if you have your bulletin for those who are online, you're not going to see this, but I'll read it for you. It says, truth is, you know what tomorrow brings. It's, it's a prayer. It's speaking to God. You know what tomorrow brings. That's true, right? God knows what tomorrow, what's in store. There's not a day ahead you have not seen. So in all things in my life and breath, I want what you want, Lord. That's a, that's a prayer. I want what you want and nothing less. Uh, Jesus taught us really to pray that. And the way he put it, though, was uh, may your kingdom come, may your will be done. I, that's an everyday prayer for me. I, I just made a part. And man, because what we desire, as we gather together, as we're people and those joining us, the, the prayer when we're praying that is that I want your will to be done. And, and in my life, I want my will to align with your will. That's our pursuit, isn't it? 
We want, we want what God wants to be done. And, and, and that's a prayer. And it really aligns with what I have as well today in, in this thought. Let me ask you a question. If someone came up and asked you, what, what is it, what's your purpose there? You know, what, what is it that you do at, at First Christian Church? What would you say? I, right now, we would have all kinds of answers. I, I, I think we would have all kinds of answers. But what we've done for the past, actually, several years have been trying to identify that very question. What is it, what is it that we as a church are accomplishing on his behalf? What are you accomplishing for, on God's behalf? And, and we've come up with this phrase. We, we are accomplishing on God's behalf the fostering of God's family, of the family of God. We are fostering the family of God. I, I, I said, man, this, this is going to be, wow, you've been working on this for years, and that's what you came up with, right? So I have the opportunity today to introduce that, what that means, of being able to just say this phrase, fostering the family of God. Um, let, me, let me, first of all, just share with you the journey that it came to this very simple statement. Let's, let's just agree with that. Very simple statement. But I want you to know it's powerful. Uh, to us, the more we thought about it, the more we chewed on how powerful it is. And, and let, me, let me show you why. It, it, it has been a journey. Matter of fact, uh, I, I wasn't thinking as far back as Matthew was. Matthew remembered something said by one of our elders and this was some years ago. Casey Thomas is the elder who said it. Some of those elders who are here will remember this. But we had a, a get-together, and, and we, had been, uh, we had been continuously challenged by God's Word and what he was saying. In one of our elders' meetings, Casey said, if we are going to ask people to be more uh, serious about their relationship with Jesus, then we need to lead by example. I don't know whether he said it in those exact words, but that's the context of what Casey said. If we're going to call people to follow after Jesus and, and to genuinely follow after him and, and, and live for him, then, then we need to lead by example. And that would really, in, in Matthew's own mind, that was a beginning of, of man focusing, directing, and thinking overall, how, how do we lead the church? How is it we're leading the church? And all the while, we continue to meet, continue to uh, go through scriptures and other things. Matter of fact, I, I believe the seriousness that came upon the elders began to affect the deacons. Our, our, our group of deacons have, has been more and more challenged. And, and uh, uh, instead of a group that meets on, on Monday night once a month and just listening to reports, they, they felt like a, there's a responsibility they need to be involved in. So, they're, and matter of fact, I would even say they're in a continued sense of, of growing responsibility amongst the deacons. Here, it, within the past couple of years, we've been throwing questions around. And, and perhaps you've been asked one of these questions. As, as simple as this, you know, what, what do you think our strengths are? Maybe some of you have been asked that question. What do you think our strengths are? Well, I, I think one of the questions that we were asking as well is, hey, while you're on your way to church... Tell us why you passed all these other churches to get to us. You know, that same, same question is, what, what's the strengths? What drew you here? Uh, we were absolutely trying to find out some of the strengths, some of the giftedness that we had as a body of believers. Well, what's the strengths? That's what we're in pursuit of. We're looking for that. We're also looking for 
the question about what, what about our community? We tried to identify our community, some of the, 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 the facts around our community. Uh, also, what are some of the greatest needs that our community had? And so we're gathering all this information. And uh, here, uh, just this past fall, as, as a, a group of elders, we, we got together on a retreat, a two-day retreat. And we finally came up with this statement, gathered all this information that you've given us, including the survey. Remember the survey that we took like over a year ago? It was November of, of you know, year uh, 2019 maybe. And, and so we got together and, and had you do the surveys. Thank you for doing that. It was worthwhile. We were able to look at that and see also some of our strengths and uh, identify, you know, so in order for us to come to this conclusion of, and, and to be able to answer that question, well, why, and what, what are we doing on behalf of God here? And, and, and uh, I want you to know that when, when it came to the scriptures, it was all over. We, we really did not identify a single scripture, uh, you know, just say, well, this is the verse we're, we're bringing this from, because the scriptures were out of the Gospels, where Jesus spoke. All over Paul, Peter spoke about this topic. It, it really is everywhere. Let me share with you. And, you know, just thinking about Jesus, what did Jesus say? And, and, and the thinking that when Jesus came into this world, he really called us to something different. The religious leaders at that time were so self-righteous that Jesus had to correct them. And instead, to the people who were going to follow him, what did he say? He said, well, if you are going to, to be a part of the kingdom, you have to become like little children. It was in that humility. He also, when, when thinking about the, the law and everything that those religious leaders were following, what were they pursuing? You know, every single one of those laws and everything, boy, we, we're going to do that right. And it only developed self-righteousness in them. But Jesus, Jesus told them, you know, when they, when they ask what are the greatest commandments, Jesus said, hey, it's love. It is all about this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? It's about loving God. And, number two, it's about loving people. Oh, wow. And then, then Paul and, and especially where we've been here towards the end of this year, I, I just especially have a couple of books of Paul's that, that uh, uh, emphasizes this. Where we've already been, Corinthians, right? That, and we've been especially through the first six chapters of, of, of Corinthians, and, and uh, it was that letter of correction. And what do we learn from Paul but, but that maturity is important? Because in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, what did he say? I couldn't even talk to you like you were mature. You, you should have been on the meat by now. Instead, you're, you're on the milk. So, so Paul, in, in, in that letter, was emphasizing, hey, you ought to be growing and maturing. You ought to be growing and maturing. Remember that? We, just, just this past fall, we were in there. And then, then over the, the Christmas break, where were we? You know, live Christmas. Christmas. That was, that was our theme, which means live Christ more. That was our challenge over the Christmas, uh, uh, you know, all, all through December. And in that Philippians passage, uh, where, where it, it speaks, you know, earlier it's talking about loving one another and about being united, and, and then he uses Christ as an example. And in that, he, he said, you know, 
you need to have the mind of Christ. And, and then it lays out all that passage. That's what we went through last, last month. And so through December, while we're celebrating Christmas, his coming was, hey, let's live Christ more. It was the challenge. Living Christ more is all about maturity, about growing, becoming more like Jesus. That really ought to be what we're, our pursuit is. Isn't that simple? It's what our pursuit is. I specifically wanted to go to Ephesians chapter 4 where Paul is talking uh, to the Ephesians, laying out, early part of this is laying out the salvation that they have, you know, once you were sinners and you were lost in your sinfulness, uh, but now you've been given this, this wonderful gift of, of salvation. In, in chapter 4, he specifically, I wanted to choose this as because he speaks specifically about what's going on in the church and the responsibility of the church. Early part of that, in verse 7, it says, To each one of you, he's given his grace. Isn't that you? Isn't that, isn't that you? Uh, aren't we identifying, hey, I am connected to God? And you could tell me, well, how is it you're connected to God? And you could tell me it's all because of Jesus. If anybody has any other way, we need to stay afterwards, okay? Because we want to make it clear that the only way to be in relationship with God is through Jesus. It's not by attending church. It's not by having relation, you know, a, a good relationship with my spouse who is a believer. It, it, it has everything to do and only to do with Jesus. And we know that. We talk about that all the time. So in this relationship, he brings up this body of belief. He brings us together. The church is his creation. The church is his creation. Why is it so important that we have church? Why is it so important that we connect together? And, and verse 11, he, he, it says, Christ gave, him, uh, Christ gave himself, no, Christ himself, sorry, gave the, uh, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. There it just, it's a, there's the leadership, the apostles. Who, who are all these people? The apostles. They're the ones who are, are described as those who established that foundation. Well, what's the foundation? Absolutely the gospel message, what I just said. Hey, in Jesus, that message of Jesus, his death and resurrection, it's Jesus. And, and the pastors, teachers, evangelists, all those, what are they doing? Declaring and teaching the gospel. Declaring and teaching the gospel. He's the one who established them to do that very thing, to, to declare that gospel message. Now, the important part, verse 12, it'll be up here. Verse 12 says, for this purpose, for this, to equip his body for works of service. Chew on that for a little bit. We'll get back to that a little bit later. But to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up strengthened, growing, until we all reach unity in the faith. There's our goal. Unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, in understanding Jesus, in coming into a greater knowledge of who Jesus is, what He's done for us, and what we're living in, that grace. And become mature, mature, attaining to the whole measure and fullness of Christ. Oh, that's a far-reaching goal, isn't it? But what I believe is laid out here and throughout you know, what Jesus said, what, what Paul says, what Peter says, and, and we see everywhere, is that word maturity. It's not just about receiving Jesus. Okay, we're safe. 
and, and, and we're, we're headed for heaven. It's, it's heaven's existing in us now through Christ. Now, eternity exists in us now through Jesus, Jesus Christ. So what do we do now? Grow. We, we, we grow in maturity. We, we have the opportunity to, to, to be transformed by him. So the church's responsibility is all laid out here. Works of service, two works of service, in order that we grow into Christ. And we've come up with that word fostering. Absolutely set, the precedent has been set in scriptures. What the church is supposed to be doing, it is that we together are to be growing into Jesus Christ. Maturing into Jesus Christ. Therefore, we've come with this statement. You know, what is it we do as a body of believers here? We are fostering the family of God. We are fostering God's family. We, we are, and, and we're all part of that. I, I want to lay out for us just what it means. You know, we're, we're wanting to establish a culture of expectation. And how important is it going to be? You know, like I asked earlier, everybody might have different answers. Well, we worship. You know, we come to worship. Well, that's, that's great. You know, worship, we ought to be a, you know, identifying God and, or, or there, you know, we come for lessons or, you know, we might have all kinds of other uh, ideas as to why we gather. But, but today we're laying out this phrase and we want you to all know it. We are fostering God's family. We are fostering God's family. Uh, would, you, would you just say that with me? I want to make sure you're getting it. We are fostering the family of God. We are fostering the family of God. I, I'm getting that turned around two ways. Two, what, how am I supposed to say it? This is terrible. I'm supposed to say it. Uh, I, okay. Yeah, fostering the family of God. So that is right. Okay, okay. It's not God's family. It's fo- yeah, you've got to get that right. Fostering the family of God. Anyway, so I, let, let me talk to you a little bit. What does this fostering mean? Uh, fostering is nurturing. It, it has everything to do with maturity and, and helping to grow. Are you with me on that? That's what fo- It really is a positive term. One of the discussions we had as we were together was just the fact that maybe that's a negative term. Are you with me? Is that a negative term to some of you? Because, well, foster care, well, the, and it's, it's the reason why we have to have foster care is, is really ugly. To think that there are some families who or some parents who are not, uh, or, or maybe there's some children who are not safe within their home, you know, because of abuse and neglect or something like that. That's very negative, very negative. And so the reason we have to have foster care uh, not that foster care is, is negative at all, but that word fostering is precious. Matter of fact, Linda and I spent seven years professionally in foster care, you know, at, at uh, a Show Me Christian Youth Home. You know, we, we had our two boys, had Travis and Brady, and, and we welcomed in uh, 10 other kids. I, I actually, we walked into their home, and that home became ours with 10 other kids in it. And, and we, 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 you know, it was different. We had to come to know these kids and build relationship with them. We never forced them to call us mom and dad. A lot of the kids we had came out of abused or neglected or, or just abandoned situations. 
And they were long-term. They weren't, you know, just we need time for just weeks or something like that. There were serious problems with families. And so we, we matter of fact, we, when we left, we had some kids with us all seven years, and then they graduated before we left. And so uh, uh, we, they called us mom and dad. And, and we built relationship to where, you know, we were growing together. It wasn't just mom and dad growing them. It, it, we grew from raising those kids. You know, we learned some things, and we were stretched. And, and so this, it was very positive for us. We still have relationship with a number of those kids. Uh, thank you for Facebook. That's the only time I'll ever say that. Otherwise, it's just a nuisance. But, but uh, Facebook was, has been precious in the fact that we've reconnected with a number of our kids. The, the idea for this congregation of us saying fostering the family of God, we, we're going to see this as a home. One of the key words that just came up to us was, was family. Over and over, we knew that was going to be part of our phrase, family. And, and here's the reason why. Another thing that we continued to hear from people was the word stability. You know, one of the positive things we see about this congregation is stability. And they looked at the, the ministry staff. I've been here, what, 25 years. Eric, I think, has been here, oh, Bridget, 12 years? Yeah, 12 years. And, and uh, I asked Cooper how old he was uh, today, and he's eight. So they've been here eight years. And, and so the stability of staff is, is what they were looking at. But from our own perspective, we look back and thinking about how many families, how many individuals have stayed in this area. And one of the reasons is because of the church. <laughs> we, we've heard that story many times. We want to go back to Junction City. Some military families want to come back this direction. We have some people yet to, to return, but that, that's their intent. So there's stability. In, in a community, we had to identify uh, very much so that's very transient, right? Uh, come in and out, and, and, and we had to get used to that because we, we have families and individuals come in, and we had the opportunity to, to accept them into the family and, and, and have them at that place of man, brother, and sister in Christ, feel like they're a part of the family, and then they say, we got to go. <laughs> ah, we hate that. But it's part of the ministry that God's laid into our hands. So they're coming into our, guess what we get to do? Guess what we get to do? We get to invest in those sweet people. That's, that's part of who we are. We get to invest in those people. And we ought to be uh, fostering them as a part of our family of God. That way, as they go on, they go with a maturity in Christ. Not, not some peak or anything like that. I know within a short amount of time. But, but everyone, everyone in here has that opportunity to grow because you came in and you're being a part of this congregation. That's what the expectations are. Now, as a congregation, we will, you know, how, how, what's the means by which we're doing this? We already laid this out some, you know, as a part of uh, growing towards this. We've already laid it out, and it, it's within this phrase. As a congregation, we will be active in fostering this family of God through reaching, teaching, and connecting. Is that familiar? We laid that out. We put it in that, that uh, website. We, we've clearly identified here's who we are. Here's how we're going to do it. Reaching, teaching, connecting. And, and uh, now, I, let, let me tell you, honestly, we've been doing this. We've been doing fostering. For a long time. 
We're just putting the phrase on it. Does that make sense? You're sitting there saying, well, what, what big? we're doing that. And, and it's evidenced by some of you who are growing. Some of you who have come and be, become a part, and, and we've seen huge changes in your life. You've seen it. And, and you are part of our, our joy. We'll put it that way. You are part of our joy, some of the changes that you've been making. And we love that. We just, we just want to put a, you know, just, we want to make that statement. We want to make it clear because we want to see more of that. Right? Are you with me? Those of you who've been growing, I want to see that multiply. We want to see that uh, just, just grow more, more than it's been. And with that clarity, we're, we're saying that is going to happen. That's going to happen. It is going to be more intentional. And, and one of the words we've been saying, what we're, what we're wanting to do is clearly identify what God has called us to do and what God has gifted us to do, and then leverage that. Use that. Not pursue some kind of ministry that, that you know, we would say, but a lot of, along with that, we found a lot of our weaknesses, too. And we've got weaknesses, <laughs> But we want to take the strengths and, and, and use that for his purpose. May your kingdom come, may your will be done. Align with what he wants us to be doing. Therefore, let me, let me uh, reach from this third point. We need each of us. Uh, we need each of us to be a part of fostering the family of God. In your outline it says we need you. <laughs> Let me be more personal. We need you to be a part of fostering the family of God. Because this isn't just about the leadership. You know, verse 11 of what I read is just about the leadership because that next phrase, what does that next phrase say? Here's where I want to get back to it. That next phrase says that he brought this leadership together for this purpose, to equip his people. Who's his people? Well, that's the Ephesian believers. That's the Ephesian believers who, who've received Jesus. I, I think it refers to, well, it, how many of you want to say, well, I'm his people, right? Oh, there's three up in the front. Thank you. I know you people in the back are as well. His people refer to those who have connected to God through Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. If you have this relationship with God through Jesus Christ, then what all this leadership that he's established to put together is to do what? To equip his people for works of service. So when, when, when I say, hey, listen, uh, it's all of us. When it comes to fostering the family of God, you need to start putting it in your head, hey, that's me. I'm part of that. I'm going to be part of, not, I'm, I'm not the family that, that's being fostered to. I'm doing the fostering. I'm growing. Part of the maturity is finding my place to nurture, to help one another grow. Now, here, here's what's going to happen. Now that we clarify the statement, there's expectations and responsibility. And, and it grows for the leadership. Uh, just like Casey said, you know, hey, man, if we're going to call people to be responsible to Jesus and to live a life according to what Christ calls us to, then we're going to have to live it ourselves. Amen. Right? We're going to have to lead by example and, and be genuine in that. And, and, and guess what? Your ministry staff, 
we're going to be, have to be called to a higher responsibility. Leadership is going to be called to a higher responsibility, but it also gives us the opportunity to say that you are called to a higher responsibility. What, what's that responsibility? We want you to be growing in Jesus. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is so simple. We want you to be growing in Jesus. I don't want people to think that we exist on, so we could be here on Sunday morning and we could worship and that's it. You know, you know the line. We exist in order for us to grow and to come into maturity. And we all each have a response. I want you each to begin to feel the responsibility that, that we're not here attending, we're here being a part. There's a book called Not a Fan. All right, how many, Familiar with it? I know my guys' group read through it. But what a great book. And what a simple illustration. You know, that you go to a football game and all the fans are sitting in the stands and they're cheering on the teams. The real action's on the field, right? Where the guys are playing and they're heavily involved in, in the purpose of scoring and, and everything else. But Kyle Eilerman's illustration said, he, don't be a fan. You've you got to be on the field. You've you got to be involved. And, and I'm afraid that, that in church, a lot of times, we've got a lot of fans and not many people involved. Well, this idea of culturing or, or, or fostering the family of God is going to have to be all of us learning to become involved. It, it does mean, you know, as we move forward, helping each, each other find, you know, what is it? What's your gift in this? What is that place where you fit? Where, where do you... Uh, what skills, what, what has God gifted you with in order for you to do just that, to be involved? We have a lot of work to do. <laughs> I've said that for the 25 years I've been here. I, I don't think it ever ends till Jesus comes again. Am I right? We've got a lot of work to do. I want to sharpen the focus of this congregation. The leadership wants to sharpen the focus of this, lead, this, this congregation in order for us to be able to answer, here is what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. Here's what God has given this congregation to do. It is to be fostering the family of God, growing. In, in the youth home, now I want to make this clear as well. In the youth home, our door was open and wide, you know, we, we would have kids that would, would leave, and, and it wouldn't, there's kids waiting to get inside. Kids, kids who were broken and, and hurt, and, and they were, so, so we always had this sense of, of welcoming, who, who's going who's gonna to be added? You know, within a week, we had someone new come in. That, that's the same attitude that, that we have to have here. Part of this culture of fostering is going to have that open door and excitement about who else is God going to add to the family. Who else is God going to add to the family? Who, who are we talking to? Uh, the welcome mat's going to be open. We're going to have the opportunity. And, and the truth is this. I, I, I can't get past this in the scriptures. But that as we grow and as we mature, that's where God is most effective in the community around us. And changing the community around us. Where we go. When, when Jesus is more filled within me, there, there's, there's going to be... Uh, more of, of him getting out into the community. But if we're not growing, I believe that, that our reach, outreach to, into the community is, is hindered as well. So I see that part of this folk, uh, 
fostering the family of God is going to be an outreach, but then again, it comes in where we help them to grow and mature and become a part and a connected part of this body that grows and matures. Now, it was my job to introduce this statement to you. So fostering the family of God is, is going to be something that, that uh, I want you to, to digest, to think about, to pray about, to, to engage in questions. What does that mean? What does it uh, look like as we move forward? Uh, for the next three weeks, as I said, the elders were part of this, and the elders are going to have opportunity to speak to you in the next three weeks. Jared Landreth, for the first time, is going to take the pulpit. I'm excited about that. And uh, he's been working and preparing, and then Michael Berg uh, the week after, and then John uh, Farrow is going to preach that final Sunday of this month. And each one is going to deal with that theme of fostering the family of God. This is going to be a time where we, we want you to engage us with questions. If, if there's, a, man, if there's some, uh, even a negative question, we want to deal with it, Okay. Don't shy away from us. If, if there's something that may, may, an idea comes to mind, we want to hear it. We want to communicate in the next uh, several weeks about our purpose, our statement of what we are doing on God's behalf here as a church. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? Oh, Jared, yeah, you better be ready for that. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will tell you this, important to me always before I, I preach is prayer. I, you know, I, a lot of times I even feel like when I'm preaching, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking it to God. And, and I've always told you that you know, whatever you heard in 30 minutes it's been a week long I've been chewing on. And, in, and so the conviction that you might feel is I've been going through it all week. But, but this has been something ongoing for a long time. And, and then we come up to such a simple statement, but it is something that I'm excited about. Because I think it's going to fuel us that we all are going to be on the same page to doing exactly what God has called us to do. God has called us to foster the family of God. Why, why are we here? Can you help me answer that? Why are we here? We are here to foster the family of God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you, uh, Lord, for your word always. For the encouragement that we receive as, as Lord, we, uh, we know and learn more and more about that gospel message of Jesus. His coming. His death upon the cross. In our place. Father, we, we praise you and thank you that uh, in every day we have the opportunity to, to love you, to serve you in each day you give us. So we see it as a gift. We pray, Father, in the days ahead that we were going to, to grow into this, this, uh, this idea, this direction. And Father, for the changes that comes because of it, Lord, we pray that it is going to be strengthening to your kingdom, strengthening each of the lives here of those determined to grow uh, in Christ. Father, we praise you uh, for all those a part of this and, and for, the, for the time of leadership is, is put into this, and we pray, Lord, to be strengthening and blessing this congregation 
through your word, through your spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.